I'm sorry, future fans. We had run into some technical difficulties, as in my internet went down, so that's why this show is late, even though in this show you're going to hear me say, it's a Thursday show, yay, it's not. I would have had this out late Thursday had it not been for that little internet debacle, so I just want to give you a heads up. And I'm already starting the show notes for next week's episode. I'm going to start it even sooner than I did this one, so hopefully we'll be back to Wednesday. So let's start the show. Hey there, future fans! This week we have two creepy moms, one tiny dancer, and a whole grip of monsters. It's the week of May 31st, 2019, and this is episode 135 of Future Flicks with Billiam. That's right, everyone. It's episode 135 of Future Flicks with Billiam. I wanted to get this episode out on Wednesday, but let's be honest, I'm me. No, it's my fault. Uh, I blame everyone who I've ever heard talk about the show Letterkenny, because that's really all I've been doing recently, is playing a game called My Time at Portia and watching Letterkenny. That's really it. And you know what? I think that's time well spent. I do. I really do. Well, anyway, this is Future Flicks with Billiam. I am Billiam. And I'm going to try to keep this episode a little shorter than normal, just because we don't have a lot of movies this week. Going to crush the show, boys, then I'm going to go crush some Sandos, boys. That's a terrible lie. It's late. I have my tea. I am done for the night. You can tell when I'm done for the night when I have either my cup of tea or my cup of port. I'm just like a boss in an old 80s video game. You can tell what I'm doing by what I have. Oh, his eyes glistening. He's going to try and punch you. Oh, he has his tea, he's ready for bed. He's blinking, he's almost dead. Well, basically, just dead to the world. And then I wake up literally like 20 minutes before my alarm because my cat's like, oh, I know, I'll wake him. Hi, can you pet me a bit? Okay, that's enough. Good night. It's okay, both of them are cute. They're, they're worth 20 minutes of sleep. Well, let us rush through the opening housekeeping and we'll get into the first segment. So let me tell you what this is. This is Future Flakes with Billiam. You're listening to episode 135 called Benny and the Kaijus. And let me tell you what it is we do here. On this show, I do quite a few things. I always have some sort of opening, which is always ad-libbed, and you can tell by the quality, quality show. I know, it almost sounds scripted, right? No, that was old Future Flicks. That was less interesting Future Flicks. That was Billiam's actually embarrassed of the old episodes, Future Flicks. And I still had listeners. Really, those of you who have stuck around the whole time, thank you. I went back to listen to an early episode and my soul died a little. It really did. But I am my own worst enemy, and I know a lot of people say that, and it's true. For most people, you are your worst enemy. But for me, I don't think, I'm not sure if I've ever produced something I've liked. I think I've done it twice. I just know one time, uh, for my friend's birthday, I made a three-tiered mocha mascarpone chocolate cake. So it was a mocha chocolate cake with a mocha chocolate mascarpone frosting, and everyone loved it, but I was sitting there going, oh, it's a little dry. It's just a little dry. I should have taken it out of the oven just a little sooner. Yes. Okay, but I digress. You're listening to Future Flicks with Billiam. What is it we do here? We do quite a few things. Like I said, opening. That's always ad-libbed and rarely interesting. And then we get on to the news, which is always, always, always the first segment. Then we get into the trailer trove, everyone's favorite segment where I talk about all the new trailers. In the news and the trailers, I talk about anything new that has caught my eye since the previous episode. And guess what? Despite what you may be thinking, I am not perfect. No, no, no. No, I am not. I know you're thinking, Billiam, you are. You golden-voiced god. But I'm here to say, no, I am not perfect, for I forget things. Just ask Critter. And when I do forget something, or if I ever skip a news story or a trailer that you think I should have talked about, let me know. Then after that, we get into the movies, which are broken up due to, count them, two. Oh, you can't see how many fingers I'm holding up. I don't know why I'm actually doing that. Maybe it makes me feel better. Yeah. Two segments, and those segments are as follows. The first is the limited release section, which talks about all of those, wait for it, you don't know what's coming next, but you do, limited release movies. 
Those are any movies that are not getting a wide release and also didn't do anything to catch my eye. Doesn't necessarily mean the movies are bad. Not, not really. In some cases, yes, it could mean that they're terrible. In other cases, maybe the trailer just did a piss poor job of communicating what a good film it will be. Because I base all of my judgments on movies on the trailer because I have no, count it, no insider information. And I have been wrong. Still haven't seen Lady Bird, a movie that I talked so much shit about, but everyone I've talked to, people I trust, loved it. So I'm, I'm going to have to try it. Anyway, in the limited release section, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it. Maybe I will give a thought or two. And then after that, we go into the wide releases and interesting indies. And those are, wait for it, wait for it. Those are the wide release movies. That is any movie getting a wide release, whether or not I think it's going to be interesting. And then those indie movies that caught my eye. In that section, I tell you what the movie is, who's in it, what it's about, and then I give my thoughts on it, and then I wrap that all up with the Bill score, which stands for the Billiams Interest Level score, aka the Bill score. Oh, I said that already, didn't I? I'm really off my game. But today being more Memorial Day, that's why I'm starting to record really through me. Because, you know, if you don't know, I work at a, at a fancy Whole Food-esque grocery store, and we really prep for holidays like this, because Memorial Day is kind of a big grilling holiday. And so it was a really weird weekend, and today was the oddly slow day. And so it felt like a Sunday, so I got home, I'm like, oh, I have nothing to do today, let's just watch TV. Anyway, we wrap it up with the Bill score, which is a score that goes anywhere from a zero for those terribly, terribly, woefully terrible movies, to an 11. For those movies that take it up that extra notch, when's the last time I gave an 11? Ask some of the listeners, because they listen more than me, which is really sad. On a recent episode of the Watch Your Mouth podcast, Critter was talking about listening to their show, and I, I don't know how you can do that. The only show of the Watch Your Mouth podcast I've never listened to is the one I was on, because I just can't listen to myself. Anyway, after the movies, we get into the question of the week, and then I send you along your way to the other great shows in the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. So how do you find this show? You have already done a bang-up job, and I applaud you, but also... You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. Don't forget to check out all the blogs there, too. I also have a book blog, which I recently got back into after a hiatus. See, my wife is gone for two weeks. I became a lazy son of a bitch. Well, if you need to contact me, you can do it in a couple ways. You can do it on Instagram and uh, Twitter. Twitter, that's the other one, at BilliamSWN. Why don't you follow me on those as well? Oddly enough, I'm much more active on Instagram. I just find it easier for some weird reason. You can also email me, BilliamReviews at gmail.com, or just comment on this podcast on Sp Spotify, on SoundCloud, or on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let us step into the first segment of the show, Das Schosen. I know that's completely wrong. Please do not, please do not correct me. If I ever do a silly accent, I know it is probably 100% wrong if I'm trying to say anything in any language. Though if I am talking about a foreign movie, I will, you know, try and look up the pronunciation. I'll try to be respectful. This just in from Hollywood, the news. Ladies and gentlemen, this first story comes to us from the Daily Mail. The arguably strongest Avenger, Chris Hemsworth, is set to play an undercover cop investigating Australian erotic dancers in a new film co-starring Tiffany Haddish. Now, right now, I know I already lost some of you. Tiffany Haddish is like uh, Seth Rogen, is like Will Ferrell, is like Amy Schumer. There are certain comedians out there. Well, of course, there's certain lot, there's certain actors out there, but for some reason, especially with comedians, there are certain comedians out there that people just hate. Some people love them. Some people hate them. I used to not be a huge Tiffany Haddish fan, and then I actually listened to her audiobook, and I have a lot more respect for her now, and I highly recommend it, though not if you're the easily offended type, because she does some things that aren't really PC at all, but you also have to remember that she's not from this area, she didn't grow up with this idea of political correctness. She's culturally different from us in that in that sense, which is why it bugs me when people talk about America as if it has one culture, because America has so many different cultures, some based on race, some based on 
on how much you make, some based on location. It's all different. But either way, it doesn't matter what your reasoning is. If you don't like her, you don't like her. I, for one, am looking forward to this movie because I think Chris Hemsworth is amazing. And I think Tiffany Haddish is funny. Not much about this movie is known as of yet, but the minute I know, you know. In, well, no sh** news from Harrison Ford, he says that nobody should replace him as Indiana Jones. He says, when I'm gone, he's gone. And yeah, you're right. Uh, I think that a precedent was set uh, because how many James Bonds have we had now? We've, we've had, what, 20, 30 James Bonds? I think that's an accurate number. You also can't forget James Pond from the old NES days. But the Bond movies are based off a series of books written by Ian Fleming, albeit loosely based in some cases, and I think Skyfall, my favorite Bond movie, wasn't based on any book. But either way, this character is huge, whereas Indiana Jones was created, Harrison Ford played him, and played him in all the sequels, no one else has played Indiana Jones except actor Sean Patrick Flannery, who is known for Boondock Saints, he played Indiana Jones in the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. And then also actor, and I never knew this, I had to look this one up, Corey Carrier in something called The Adventures of Young Indiana Jones Travels with Father. Oh, apparently he was in the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles as well as an even younger Indiana Jones and then got a spin-off show that never lasted. Okay, but those two actors aside, no one else has played Indiana Jones. So since no precedent was set that Indiana Jones is only Harrison Ford. And now, this is just what Harrison Ford and probably you and I want as well. But remember, Hollywood is a greedy bitch, and if anyone thinks that they can make money out of it, they will bring it back. So once Harrison Ford officially retires, once he officially walks away from acting, once we're never going to see an Indiana Jones again, I say give it a decade or two, and then some movie executive somewhere will go, hey, do you remember that old film, Indiana Jones? We should redo that. We have this new 4D technology, we can make it a 4D movie. The only thing we know thus far about the new Indiana Jones movie is that it will be directed by Steven Spielberg and it will be starring Harrison Ford. Can the fact that they sh** the bed with Crystal Skull ever be made up for? We will see in 2021, specifically July 9th, 2021. Speaking of 2021, we have another movie coming out then and that's called Akira. Yes, named after the anime. Do you know why it's named after the anime? Because it's a f***ing live-action adaptation of the classic anime. Now, before we get into this whole thing about there's never been a good anime-to-live-action American movie adaptation. Key words there. American adaptation. Japan can still do good live-action animes. That, that They can. Did you see Bleach? Did you see Full Metal Alchemist? I sure did. But here's a caveat. Here's what is giving me hope. Here is what is going to put my ass in the seat, even if the trailers don't look that good. It's because this is brought to us by director Taika Waititi. That's right, Mr. Thor Ragnarok and what we do in the shadows himself. And Taika Waititi is penning the screenplay. So we're not going to have some ignorant chud writing a screenplay for a uh, for an anime and manga he barely understands we're gonna have taika waititi who will probably read the entire manga like 50 60 times and watch the movie every day for the rest of his life now i'm going a little overboard but i trust taika waititi but just because i trust him doesn't automatically mean it's going to be good it just it just has the signs pointing in the right direction going yes someone somewhere made a good choice. The tentative release date for this is May 21st, 2021, and you can color me intrigued. And I swear to God, if they don't have a scene where they're both yelling, Tetsuo, I'm gonna be so pissed off. And if you've never seen Akira, you have to get good, scrub. Seriously, that's embarrassing. I get it if, you've never, if you never have and never want to read the manga. I understand that. But never seen Akira the movie? Okay, I'm just being dramatic. Please don't leave. I love all of my listeners. In other news for future movies, we now know a release date for A Quiet Place 2. More than that, we know that it's happening. More than that, we know who's going to be in it, at least for the people. So John Krasinski is returning as director. He's also one of the writers on this. And the four returning actors are Emily Blunt, Noah Jupe, and Millicent Simmons, who were in the first one. And Killian Murphy is added to the cast. Killian Murphy, best known for movies like Inception, Sunshine, 
and TV show like Peaky Blinders. Nothing is known yet about the plot, but I guess it has a lot to do with staying quiet and monsters that will kill you terribly if you do not. In news from Variety, Aladdin wins the weekend, getting 110 million, or a little over that, on the Memorial Day weekend. A closer estimate is 112.7 million. This is now the fifth highest Memorial Day weekend ever, topping X-Men Days of Future Past. I remember when Days of Future Past came out. I was at Fanime then. Fanime, which is a fan-based anime convention. And my friends and I used to go every year. We'd get one hotel room for like the eight of us. It'd sink a guy sweat. We'd dress in costumes. We'd, we'd, well, cosplay. Let's be honest. It was cosplaying. We would cosplay and then drink way too much, sleep way too little. And now I'm too old. But... That is the weekend that Days of Future Past came out, and we went in our costumes, and we saw in the theater was filled with other cosplayers, filled with people from the convention, because there was a theater like two blocks away from the convention. And when we were leaving, there's a line down around the corner, down the block of people with fanime badges and costumes. So there's your billion history lesson for the day. There will be a test at the end of the year. I am kidding. No one will remember that shit. Anyway, I knew Aladdin was doing well. I had read this story from another source I chose not to talk about in the show because it was it was worded stupid. And I, I'm not even going to talk about this site that did it because I don't want to give them any publicity because when people do purposefully clickbaity articles, especially when they set it up so it's a no-duh situation, I get really angry. And so this website had written this article or someone on this website had written this article about Aladdin beats Booksmart in the weekend box office. I'm like, well, no, f shit you have aladdin this huge family friendly movie put out by disney that's been being hyped for months now versus this rated r comedy from an indie production company no shit aladdin's gonna win i know in the article they do say that oh this is a smaller film the other one's by disney but f you for writing that title you click baity bitch in news from Collider, John Wick 3 has become the highest earning movie of the franchise with $182 million thus far. As of tomorrow at about, uh, let's say, 1 o'clock-ish, it will become $182 million and $10 because I will see it. But yeah, um, go see it. If, if you have any interest in John Wick, if you like the first two at all, go see this in theaters. Come on, let's do it. In a story from Slash Film, they kind of warn you to not look at the final look at Godzilla King of Monsters because apparently it gives away all of the cool shit. And that's the thing, isn't it? That's kind of where I am torn. And that's why some people swear off trailers. They'll watch one, just the first one, just to see if they're basically interested and then never watch another. Some people swear off them entirely because sometimes trailers tell you way, way too much. So I think everyone who does a trailer should take a card out of the Avengers Endgame playbook because that trailer was so well done. It got me so pumped. My nerd boner was knocking the roof off of my house. And most of the sh most of the trailers, almost everything in the trailers was from the first, what, 30 minutes of the movie? So be warned if you want to watch Godzilla King of Monsters, avoid the final trailer. If you're a fan of good movies, you probably saw the hit anime movie from a couple years back called Your Name because it's f***ing fantastic and one of the best anime, no, 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 not just anime, one of the best movies of all time. Well, director Makoto Shinkai has made a new movie called Weathering With You, which is getting a U.S. distribution officially. The U.S. distribution will be sometime next year. And if you do have any interest in it or any anime movies, always keep an eye on your indie theaters because... A lot of bigger companies get the rights to these, especially with with uh, Studio Ghibli movies and Disney. Disney gets them, and they like to sync them. They like to put them in these indie theaters, not give them any, any airtime as far as trailers go. But Makoto Shinkai, one of the new masters, and I say new, but he's been around a while. Besides your name, he did Children Who Chase Lost Voices. He did The, Pal the Place Promised in Our Early Days. He's just really good. Also, if you have any interest in watching X-Men Dark Phoenix, I ask you... Why? Why? It looks terrible. Don't see this. Most of you know, most of, uh, most of the time on the show, I will say, hey, I don't like this, but you might like it. And every once in a while, I'll remind you that these are just my opinions. But this isn't my opinion. This is a fact. Dark Phoenix looks terrible. It's going to be a terrible movie and no one should watch it. But if you are a glutton for punishment, but if you hate yourself that much and want to go see it anyway, 
If you want to see more of that Game of Thrones girls wooden acting, then just be warned to not watch the clip of the Quicksilver sequence from the movie. And why not? Because for the last two films, a Quicksilver sequence has been the best part of the whole film. So why would you want it spoiled for you? But if you're like me and don't want to watch a movie, watch the clip and you're like, oh, that was great. Well, ladies and gentlemen, in the final story comes to us from slash film again we are getting if you haven't heard about it before we are getting a full-length feature animated film based on scooby-doo and they've been cast the voices have been cast this is set to come out may 15th 2020 and fred is zach efron velma is gina rodriguez Daphne is Amanda Seyfried. Scooby-Doo, as always, is Frank Weller. Will Forte is Shaggy. Also added to the cast, or they're all added, but also part of the cast is Mark Wahlberg, Jason Isaacs, McKenna Grace, Kiersey Clemens, Ken Jeong, Tracy Morgan. At least I think it's Frank Weller that usually does the voice. Snarf Chris, tell me if I'm if I'm wrong. You've met the guy. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the news. Let us jump into everyone's favorite segment, the trailer trove. Avast, and welcome to the trailer trove. All right, we are going to start with a movie called Changeland. This is a movie with a very interesting cast and very interesting writer-director. So this is written and directed by Seth Green. This is his first directing credit for a feature-length film. He's done episodes of TV shows. As we know, he did Robot Chicken for years. And it's his first writing credit for a movie as well. Obviously, he wrote Robot Chicken. Uh, He actually wrote for the WWE. He's a creator, or one of the creators, for Camp WWE, which is an animated show on the WWE Network. And apparently, he's writing for Star Wars Detours, a TV series coming out this year. And I'm not sure if it's animated or not. But besides Seth Green, this has quite a few people. It has Brecken Meyer, Brecken, right? Yeah, Brecken Meyer from Road Trip, Rat Race, Clueless, Freddy's Dead. It also has Rachel Bloom in it from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. It has WWE superstar Randy Orton. And finally, it has Macaulay Culkin in it in what looks like a pretty good role. I don't know why I'm really surprised by that, though. I haven't seen anything of his that I thought he was really bad in, but let's not dive into the history of Macaulay Culkin. Instead, let's talk about Changeland that actually looks pretty interesting. Uh, Even though Seth Green writes it and is directing it and is starring in it, it doesn't seem like your regular Seth Green fare. This looks like more like a dramedy with a touch of romance, so a slightly romantic dramedy. And the movie is about a group of friends visiting Thailand, and these two friends go after this one guy played by Seth Green, was supposed to go with his girlfriend, but finds out she's been cheating on him for over a year. So they go together. And even though that premise is something we've seen before, I I think the delivery is going to be a little bit different on this one because it has the feeling of a slice of life, lighthearted, but deep meaning movie. And uh, I look forward to it coming out June 7th. Next up in the trailer trove, we have the trailer for Terminator Dark Fate. And this is already going to be a polarizing movie for a couple reasons. The first reason is that how many people even wanted a new Terminator movie? That list of people is going to be really low. Now let's add to the fact that even those people who might have been interested may be gun-shy because the last two weren't received that well. Personally, I liked them. I thought we could have gone with a Terminator Genesis trilogy. I just think it was a case of too many people trying to compare it to the original and not just realizing that what we're going to get was a summer blockbuster. And that's exactly what we're going to get with this one too, except instead of a summer blockbuster, it's going to be a winter blockbuster as this comes out in November. But the thing is, this looks really good. We we have new Terminators now. We have Mackenzie Davis as a the most human Terminator yet. We have the return of Linda Hamilton to Sarah Connor. We have Gabriel Luna as this new Terminator who seems like some upgrade from the T-1000. According to the premise, though, it is the T-1000, but this thing can do stuff that I didn't even know the T-1000 can do. Because if you watch a trailer, you see that scene where Grace, the, the Terminator, the good Terminator in this, jumps up and throws a piece of rebar like a spear. The up bad Terminator grabs it and then uses it to copy himself. So his human exoskeleton, it seems like, is then on the outside and the Terminator skeleton we know is still driving the car or the, or the, 
the semi. If you're interested at all, check out the trailer. I think it looks good. I think it has promise. Uh, also in this, we have Tom Hopper, who was everyone's favorite idiot in the Umbrella Academy. Uh, no other huge names. People, we, people we've seen before. We've definitely seen before, but nothing, nothing huge. And I think that's okay. I don't think we need a star-studded cast. I think having Arnold Schwarzenegger return. I think we have Linda Hamilton returning, and I think that's good enough. In fact, I'm looking through the list of actors and characters, and I don't see John Connor listed in this one. So we will see a movie, just like the very first one, where we have Sarah Connor, but not John Connor. So this is directed by Tim Miller. You know his name because of Deadpool. And this is written by James Cameron and a score of other people. It's also produced by James Cameron. So, so far we have all sides pointing to this being a, a at least a entertaining movie, if not actually good. Once again, comes out November 1st. Next up, we have an interesting looking movie. This is called Supervised. And it's yet another example of why I say people with powers is a great idea because you can do so much with it. Supervised is about a retirement home for superheroes in Ireland and some of their residents and how they notice that something weird is going on. This stars Tom Berenger, Bo Bridges, Lou Gossett Jr., Fionula Flanagan, who you may not know her name, but I guarantee you, you've seen something with her in it. And Clive Russell. And same thing with him, even if you don't know his name, just look at his IMDb, you've seen something. The quality of this looks straight to video on demand, which is exactly what this is, because as of yet, there's no actual release date for it. And if you watch the trailer, it just says coming to streaming. So I think this is going to skip theaters entirely, not even get a limited indie run. I think this is going straight to video on demand and maybe to own on Blu-ray and DVD. If I ever find out the official release date, I will let you know. Next up, we have a film called Freaks, which I'm really not sure what to think because I watched the trailer and I think it's a piss poor trailer because uh, it builds a little bit of the mystery, but also it's all over the place. And I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. I like the fact that some movies have trailers that don't spoil anything, but if it's as convoluted as this one was, then I think it goes too far in the other direction. I had to look on the, on the IMDb page to get a feeling for what it was about, and I guess I was kind of right. So apparently this is a genre-bending psychological sci-fi thriller about this girl who has a paranoid father and he keeps her locked up all the time, all the windows are boarded up. She's never allowed outside. She's never allowed to see the outside world. And there's punishments if she does. She gets locked in this dark room all alone. So you think it's... When it starts out, it, it has this feeling that maybe he's a creep and kidnapped her. Or maybe he's an estranged father who kidnapped her and wants to keep her from the mother. And he's going crazy because he has a gun and he doesn't trust anyone. And then the trailer kind of hints at people with powers and that they're being hunted. So... Maybe she has the powers, maybe she's being hunted, or maybe he's being hunted and he doesn't want her to get hurt in the process. I, I'm not sure what's going on. It, it does have promise, but it needs to release a better trailer. It needs to communicate with us that it's going to be worth a damn. Has an interesting cast, though. It has Emile Hirsch and Bruce Dern, as well as, uh, there she is, Grace Park. Uh, so, like I said, this could be interesting, but right now, mm -mm, I'm going to, oh, spilled my drink. And we're back. I managed to save the keyboard and everything. Thank God I keep a cloth on the desk for situations just like this. But like I was saying, right now, 100% skip this movie and wait for it to do a better job to sell itself. Freaks comes out August 23rd. And finally in the trove, unless my one final look through the U of Tubes shows something new, we have Annabelle Comes Home, the second trailer. This is the third movie in the Annabelle trilogy let's be honest it's not going to be a trilogy you don't really need any actors from any of the others to be in an annabelle movie it could just be another part of annabelle's story that has nothing to do with them this one has the warrens in it that is vera farmiga and patrick wilson and even though this takes place in their home this is not starring them they are they're on the side they are part of it but they're not a big uh, the main characters because let's face it with the warrens in charge stupid sh wouldn't happen so it wouldn't be an interesting movie going hey honey do you want to open annabelle's little box and let a demon out i don't think so that's a bad idea okay the end but no the warrens go on a trip and we don't know if it's a vacation for fun or if they're on business but either way they get a babysitter their babysitter who i assume is normally cool about it and doesn't normally go into the room of demonic death 
her friend hears that she's babysitting and comes over and is your typical idiot teenager in one of these things and touches every f***ing thing in the room. Look here, folks. You may not believe in ghosts or demons or any of that sh but if you ever go into a place that claims it's full of possessed sh don't go around touching sh why risk that you're wrong? Even if you believe all of this stuff, everything the Warrens have ever done, all of these stories of ghosts and demons are 100% fabricated, why would you do that? Why would you go, hey, demonic thing, poke, poke, do something to me? Because then you deserve to die. Just like for me, rarely in a movie can I pinpoint who I want to die before I even see it, but I already want this girl to die. I want the Warrens' kid to be okay, and I want the original babysitter to be okay, but this dumb bitch can die some terrible death. But maybe that's just me. If you watch the trailer, you're, you'll recognize a girl that plays the Warren's kid. I guarantee it. Because you've probably seen something she's been in. Recently, she's been in The Haunting of Hill House. She played young Theo. She was in Captain Marvel. She played 13-year-old Carol. She was in The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, playing young Sabrina. She was in, if you like that stupid shit, she was in Young Sheldon. She's in Designated Survivor. She was in that movie Gifted with Captain America. She was in I, Tanya. She was in Once Upon a Time. She's been in a lot of shit, so you have seen her in something. Either way, this comes out June 26th. I think it looks good. I think this series, though, is taking more of a turn for the jump scares. At least that's what the trailer has shown me. Because historically, this hasn't been a jump scare series. This has been... Uh, of course, it did have some, but it, it more sets the mood of terror. And that's why I think Annabelle Creation did such a good job of. And hopefully this one will do the same, and they're just using the jump scares to sell the movie. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for the trailers. I saw nothing new, but looking at the time now and realizing I am really busy tomorrow, I'm sorry that this is going to be a mid-Thursday show. And <laughs> time keeps on moving. I can't help it. So if something comes out tomorrow before I get back home to finish, then I will talk about it. If not, let's get on with the show. So let us step into our first break where we hear a word from our friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Please stay tuned. Are you troubled by a lack of common interest in your social sphere? Do you experience feelings of nostalgic sentiment in your day-to-day -day life? Do your family or coworkers not understand your quotes, quips, or references? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and download the nerdiest professionals in the galaxy. Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Our nerdy and informative hosts are available 24 hours a day on your favorite podcast app to fill all your super nerdy needs. Good, Good journey, nerds. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio, Future Flicks with Billiam, and Nerds of the Squared Circle on iTunes, SoundCloud, your favorite podcast app or stream us at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Nerds of the Squared Circle on somewhatnerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on somewhatnerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on somewhatnerdy.com. Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of somewhatnerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. Someone to read a comms, Nerds in the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. All right, everyone, we are back with the show, so let us jump right into the limited releases and start with one called Too Late to Die Young. Democracy comes back to Chile during the summer of 1990. In an isolated community, Sophia, Lucas, and Clara face their first loves and fears while preparing for New Year's Eve. They may live far from the dangers of the city, but not from those of nature. Uh, this is a Chilean film. Next up in the limited section is a film called Domino. A Copenhagen police officer seeks justice for his partner's murder by a mysterious man. This stars Nicolaj Kostner-Waldu, Koster, not Kostner, uh, from Game of Thrones, Caris Van Houten from Game of Thrones, Guy Pierce from L.A. Confidential, and who I think is Eric Abouane from The Transporter 3. And the only reason I said I think is that for some reason, this guy is a huge character in the trailer, but his name's not on the poster, and they never actually say his name in the trailer, so I couldn't find out who plays him, but uh, Eric Abouane was the only black guy listed on the IMDb page, so I'm just assuming it's him. So basically, if you want to see a police procedural starring Jamie Lannister and that witch woman, 
then check this out. And finally, in the limited section, we have a film called For the Birds. This is a documentary about a woman's love for her pet ducks, chickens, geese, and turkeys, all 200 of them, and how it ignites a battle with local animal rescues and puts her marriage in jeopardy. Um, check out the trailer. This this woman looks batshit crazy. And I've known a couple people that look just like her, the same type of crazy, and they're all missing the same tooth. I don't understand this. I never heard about this when it happened. Maybe because I'm not from this area. Wherever this takes place, I'm not from this area. But it seems like an episode of Hoarders, but just for fowl. Wait, turkeys and geese aren't fowl? Are turkeys fowl? Geese are fowl, right? Chickens, ducks, and geese are fowl? Whatever, who cares? But it looks weird, and she tries to fight her animals being seized, even though the animals were living in squalor, living in shit, and seemingly malnourished. And she says, I love them. I know each and every one of them. Hey, oh, is that what the voices tell you, crazy lady? Just no. No, no, no. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have five movies in the limited section, and I know we just got back from break, so let me do one, two, two of them, and then we'll do our final break do the do the final three and then we'll get along with the question of the week which i again forgot to post on any social media i'm very sorry i'm going to try and post it like right now i'm going to pause and and post it and so if anyone sees this between now and when i finish recording i, I will mention it i'm very sorry well let's get into the wide releases and interesting indies and let's start with one called always be my maybe sasha breaks up with her longtime boyfriend and goes back home once back home, she runs into an old friend, her old childhood best friend, Marcus. The two start to hit it off, but then Sasha meets a new guy. Can Marcus persevere, or will he be swept aside by this new dashingly handsome man? This stars Ali Wong from American Housewife, Randall Park from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Fans of The Office would know him as Asian Jim. Also has Daniel Day Kim from Lost and Keanu Reeves from River's Edge. And yes, this is an all-Asian cast. Technically, as we know that Keanu Reeves is Chinese-Hawaiian, at least partially. And as a member of the Asian community, I just want to say that we are very inclusive, and yes, we claim him. He is ours. I'll be honest, this looks like your standard rom-com. And there's nothing wrong with that if you like rom-coms. I do. But normally, this wouldn't have been enough to put me over to put it in the wide releases and interesting indies. Not even the fact that it's an Asian cast, which I would normally and still do 100% support. The thing that put it over the top to put it in this section is the fact that it is a Netflix film that you can watch tomorrow. And so that was a little extra nudge it needed to put it into the wide releases and interesting indie section because it doesn't look bad. It really doesn't. It looks basic. It looks it looks like a movie we've seen before. Hell, I had to change the synopsis that IMDb had because even that I think was a little too on the nose. It says a pair of childhood friends end up falling for each other when they grow up. And let's be honest. Unless this film was setting itself up to be anything other than a basic rom-com, they wouldn't necessarily end up together. But this just looks like your basic, cute, enjoyable, a romantic comedy. And of course they're going to end up together. We know that. Or absolute worst case scenario, Ali Wong's character ends up with Keanu Reeves, but somewhere along the way, Randall Park's Marcus meets someone else who's just as great. They still stay friends and go on double dates and still live very close to each other. Those are the two ways this movie's going to end. Just because if the if the trailer sets us up for a standard movie, for just a standard romantic comedy, and then it throws us this loop, throws us a little curveball, I don't think it would be very well received, especially when it did nothing to show it would be even remotely different from anything we've seen before. So let's just wrap this up. I think this is going to be good if you like this type of film. If you do, then God damn it, watch this when it comes out because it's on Netflix, which you already have by either paying for your own account or using your friends. Plus, the film looks super safe. So check it out. Always be my maybe gets a seven out of 11. Next up in the wide releases and interesting indies is the final indie movie of the episode. The next uh, the next three are wide releases. It's called The Fall of the American Empire. A shy and insecure delivery truck driver with a PhD in philosophy must work a nine to five job to make ends meet. He just so happens to arrive on the scene of a bank robbery and picks up a few bags of cash after stumbling upon a dead robber. What could possibly go wrong? This is a Canadian film. 
French Canadian to be exact, filmed in Montreal, Quebec. And I love me some movies from Quebec. Uh, the one thing that impressed me about this movie first is that it didn't go for the easy joke. This guy is a PhD in philosophy, but he has to work as a truck driver. Uh, so it avoids the very easy joke of, oh, what's your degree in? Philosophy? Cool, what restaurant do you work at? I once had a friend with a philosophy degree and I gave him endless for it. And he gave me endless for being a communications major. I think that's a very college thing is having something that people can make fun of your major for and you can make fun of other other people's majors for other things. But with certain degrees, the joke can just follow you for your whole life. Don't get me wrong. I bet there are a bunch of great things you can do with a philosophy degree. I just can't think of any besides teaching. And I know that's another one of the obvious jokes. Uh, but this movie does look interesting. It looks it looks familiar. It looks like I've seen it before. But I also can't remember the last French-Canadian film I've seen. I just like this story of this bumbling guy who stumbles upon a situation that gives him a shitload of cash and all of the crap that comes his way, not just because the fact that he picked up this cash from a bank robbery, but the fact that he's kind of inept. And I like the fact that even though it's a movie about crime, it does kind of have this wholesome feeling to it. Like how one of the first things he does is get a prostitute, but it doesn't have that normal seedy feeling a movie would have if the main character has some ill-gotten means and he goes to get a Chico de Noche for the first thing he does. Now this film kind of looks lighthearted. Um, you're gonna have to enjoy subtitles because it is in French, not fully in French, there's a little bit of English, just like in French Canada. While in person, they will speak English with you and appreciate it if you give the old college try for some French, in the movies they will speak whatever way they want. Because for the rest of us who can't speak French, we have these tiny little words on the bottom of the screen that will tell us what they're saying. And what this film is saying to me is that it looks interesting. It looks, it looks a little different from similar movies like this, from similar crime comedy. And this isn't a laugh out loud comedy. This is one of those comedies I've talked about before, and you know them very well, where you, you don't laugh out loud a lot, but most of the time you go, oh, that's a humorous situation. I can see how that's funny. And it's a kind of film that if you do see it in theaters and someone's laughing their ass off, you're kind of looking at them going, what the fuck is this person on? And they should switch from uppers to downers because they are kind of going crazy. That's a lie. Don't do drugs, kids. Be more like me, a huge nerd. The only time I ever did anything harder than marijuana. Uh, while I was doing it, I was thinking, wow, I could have spent this money on a, on a video game. No, that, not, that life was never for me. And yes, Evan, this is one of my tangents, so let's get right back onto the show schedule, the schedule. And I will say The Fall of the American Empire looks interesting. It, it does. But it also looks like one of those movies you could easily skip. If you never see it again, you never hear about it again, I don't think you would miss out on anything. But if you do happen to catch it, if you do find a way to watch this movie, because unless it really speaks to you, by no means do I think you should watch this in theaters. But if you stumble upon it somewhere, streaming or otherwise, and you're like, okay, I'll give it a shot, I think you'll watch an entertaining movie. I do. And then it gives you a talking point. I've seen a French-Canadian film, have you? But as far as the score goes, The Fall of the American Empire gets a 5.5. Out of 11. All right, folks, it is time for that final break. So let us hear a word from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth podcast. And I swear, one of you guys, either someone nerdy radio or Watch Your Mouth, will have to go go and do a weekly show because you can't do this to me. Did you ask yourselves how would it affect Billiam when you did that? No, 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 you didn't. Remember, WWBT, what would Billiam think? Well, here we go with our break and we'll be right back. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall -wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> the f*** did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? Fuck all that, f***ing jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. And we're back with the show. Let us start with the first wide-release movie, which is a film called Ma. 
A lonely woman befriends a group of teenagers and decides to let them party at her house. Just when the kids think their luck couldn't get any better, things start happening that make them question the intentions of their host. This stars Octavia Spencer from Hidden Figures, Juliette Lewis from Natural Born Killers, McKaylee Miller from Heart of Dixie, Corey Fogelmanis from Girl Meets World, and Dante Brown from Lethal Weapon the TV Show. When I first heard of this movie, I was sold at, at first because all I heard when this film was announced was that there's going to be a horror thriller starring Octavia Spencer. And that checks two boxes for me as far as my interests go. Horror thriller? Yes, please. Octavia Spencer? Yes, please. Okay, great. That's all I need to know. And then the first trailer came out and I was very underwhelmed. And so my interest shrunk. It went down and down and down. And then the trailers kept coming out and it looked worse and worse. And how creepy is this film? And remember, to accurately judge how creepy something is, always switch the sexes of who's in it. What if this was a movie about an older man hanging out, uh, having teenagers party in his basement, and then he tries to put the moves on one of these young girls, it would be way different. So this movie, first off, is creepy and not creepy in a good way. And then we have this whole plot that seems like this bastardized version of single white female. But instead, it seems instead of this woman trying to copy this other woman to get with her husband, we have this woman trying to get in with this group of kids to what relive her youth because maybe she wasn't cool when she was in school. And she looks at these kids as the epitome of what cool in high school was. So we have this film that's supposed to be a thriller, but it looks creepy and sad. And not, not sad as in a film like um, Brian's Song, Old Yeller, Toy Story 3, a Dead Poet Society, things like that. No, it's more sad as in pathetic. Pathetic and uncomfortable, just like if I tried to squeeze into my clothes from when I was still in high school. Every shirt's a belly shirt then. And here's the sad thing. I bet you Octavia Spencer is going to do a amazing job in this. I bet you she will be great. The problem is someone can be great, but if you do not like the source material, if you do not like what they're doing, the fact that they're good in it does little to improve the film. Maybe one day I will give in and watch it, but I really don't think so. But you know what? As always, if you thought this movie looked interesting, you can watch it. Why not? Do it. But if you're even remotely near the fence on this one, I would say skip it. 100% skip it. Watch one of the other two movies this week because there are two better looking movies. And they're better, better looking movies for two totally different reasons. So you do have selection this week. So let's wrap up our talk about Ma. Ma gets a 4.5 out of 11. Next up, my future fans, and the final movie that is not the pick of the week is called Godzilla king of monsters monsters are rising from their slumbers and their battles are destroying the world our only hope is for godzilla to dominate them back into submission but can he beat the likes of king giodra this stars kyle chandler from friday night lights vera farmiga from the departed oh crap they're actually both in conjuring okay kyle chandler and vera farmiga from the conjuring millie bobby brown from stranger things ken Watanabe from inception ziyi zhang from memoirs of a geisha Bradley Whitford from The West Wing, Sally Hawkins from The Shape of Water, Charles Dance from Game of Thrones, Thomas Middleditch from Silicon Valley, Aisha Hines from 911, O'Shea Jackson Jr. from Straight Outta Compton, David Strathairn from Good Night and Good Luck, and Anthony Ramos from A Star Is Born. And yeah, I'm surprised too that this isn't my pick of the week, but then you may already know what the next movie is, and so you'll probably know why I picked it. But if you're new to the show, normally I keep one very important thing in mind when it comes to my pick of the week is what movie would benefit more from a theater watch? Uh, because a great indie film, uh, what's something that's been really popular? Lady Bird. Lady Bird was really popular, probably just as good on the small screen in your home. Uh, but for a movie like Godzilla, King of the Monsters, that will greatly, greatly be enhanced by the big screen, by the surround sound, by the atmosphere of the theater. We know this, which is why some weeks, even though a technically better movie may be coming out, I'll still pick the one that looks the prettiest on the big screen, because when you see a movie in theaters, I personally think it's more important to see a flashier, bigger film that would benefit from 
the experience. This week, though, we have a very interesting caveat to that, and we'll talk about that when the time comes. But right now, we have to talk about Godzilla King of Monsters. I really want to see this. I want to see it in theaters, because you know exactly what this is. This is a huge monster's fighting each other movie. This is a popcorn flick. This is the kind of flick you sneak alcohol into. This is a kind of movie where the plot takes a back seat to the amazing visuals that you are going to see, which is also why movies like this don't age well. My friend Walker, if you'll remember from that very botched episode I had with a guest host, uh, that was Walker. He, he is moving away because he's a horrible human being. And once again, didn't ask himself, WWBT, how would it affect me? No, no. He thought about himself and his career and his girlfriend. Cost of living. Uh. But I was at a going away party for him yesterday and a bunch of us were standing around and Avatar got brought up. In fact, I think I brought it up because of the news that the sequels were pushed back. Uh, but we talked about how the movie didn't age well. Because the story was very predictable, and part of what that made that movie so amazing was the fact that it was state-of-the-art, we have never seen this before, visuals. Which is why I think that Marvel movies are going to be safe from this rule, just because I think they have better stories. But Avatar didn't age well, this won't age well. But right now, right now, this year, this, this day, this moment, this is the time to see this movie, especially in theaters. So that way, when you watch it again down the line, you'll have your memory of it. You'll have the enjoyment you first had of it to rely on to help you enjoy it again. Because I think I think that's what you would need to have a movie, a CG heavy movie, which is basically just monsters fighting each other. And that's fucking great. That's what you would need to have this have any rewatchability. Is this a week where you see two movies in theaters? Maybe. Godzilla King of the Monsters looks good. It has a very good cast. It looks beautiful, and it looks amazing. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, gets a 9 out of 11. And with that, my future fans, it is time for the pick of the week. So say it with me. The pick of the week is Rocket Man. This is a musical fantasy about the story of Elton John's breakthrough years. This stars Taron Egerton from Eddie the Eagle. Jamie Bell from Turn, Washington Spies, Richard Madden from Game of Thrones. It's a big week for Game of Thrones people, huh? Bryce Dallas Howard from Jurassic World, Gemma Jones from the Harry Potter series, she played Madame Pomfrey, I believe, and Stephen McIntosh from Underworld Evolution. So my future fans, let us talk about why I say this movie is a very, is very specific and very important caveat to my normal rule of seeing CG heavy or very blockbuster, blockbustery which is now a word, thank you, blockbustery movies in the theater. It's because this is going to be a visual feast. This is, and I kept this in here, this uh, the, these wordings from IMDb, that this is a musical fantasy. Have you seen the trailers? This looks like it's going to be one part, the story of Elton John's breakthrough years, as, as they said, and going to be a representation of the batch crazy stuff that may have been going through his mind when he was doing a ton of drugs because by his breakthrough years i think that we're going to see elton john from when he first made it because if you watch trailers you'll know that this movie starts when he was still reginald dwight before he even adopted the stage name of elton john into him becoming famous into him having a drug problem and then into uh, what's probably an overdose because you see him being wheeled through a hospital on a gurney in one of his costumes. So maybe this movie will cover his whole drug life because, you know, I forgot when he actually got clean. Uh, so either way, this movie is going to show quite a few of his very iconic performances, some of his very iconic costumes. And we're going to get to hear Taron Egerton singing Elton John, which we know he can do if you saw the movie Sing. Because that's one of the reasons he even got cast in this film, because in the movie Sing, his character sings an Elton John song, I'm Still Standing, and he does a f***ing amazing job at it. Good news, though, they're making a Sing 2, which I, I want to see more of it. I loved Sing way, way more than I thought I did, or would. And I also have to say, I hate you, Taron Egerton. You can act, you can sing, you seem like a very nice guy. In a recent interview, he was accidentally hit in the face by a mic. Like some, like he was, he was leaning down to do something and the reporter was bringing the mic up and just bam, smacks him in the face. And he just kind of brushed it off. He's like, yeah, whatever. And I know, I bet, I bet you there are a lot of actors and actresses out there who would be just as cool about it, but it's always good to have confirmation. 
Because it's always so heartbreaking when we get confirmation that an actor or an actress we may like is an asshole. And you're like, oh, that's too bad. I mean, it, like I, I believe I said before, my mom can't look at the show's Chicago PD or Bull the same way because the Chicago PD main actor guy and Michael Weatherly are creeps, supposedly. I did a little off-roading there. Let's get back on track. I think this looks good. Everything that I have seen so far points to this being a good movie. The only negative about it I had ever heard was people upset that they didn't get a gay guy to play Elton John. But Elton John, from everything I've read, seems very behind the film and a huge fan of Taron Egerton. Uh, A story came out that recently that I didn't uh, talk about in the news, so I'll talk about it right here, is that Taron Egerton doesn't read reviews for his own movies but he can't help that elton john keeps emailing him and texting him reviews like positive reviews of the film also before uh taron egerton recorded the soundtrack for the movie he got elton john's blessing apparently they're close friends now so i think the fact that elton john himself the one person who would have the right to object to someone playing him didn't say shit i think that kind of squashed this crybaby bs right in the bud or nipped it in the bud not only does rocket man look like a better movie it also has enough flair enough garishness enough glitz and glamour to have the silver screen be really beneficial to it so this hits my criteria for pick of the week on two key criteria best film of the week, and impressive visuals. I think Rocketman's truly the best movie of the week, but it also looks like the kind of film, like if if something about it really makes you not want to see it in the theaters for some reason, I think this would be good enough to risk just straight up buying the minute it comes out. So ladies and gentlemen, your pick of the week, Rocketman gets a 10 out of 11. And with that, it is the end of the movie, so let us get right along to the question of the week, And then I'll send you along your way to the other great shows in the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Well, future fans, it is time for the question of the week. And let's just do a quick reminder of what that question of the week was. It was, which movie do you think would be fun or funny if turned into a musical? And we did get some answers, thanks to the Twitters and the Instagrams. All right, folks, let's start with SoundCloud and Fratmat, who said Reservoir Dogs, if they started dancing and singing to Stuck in the Middle with You. Now, I just want to say out of all the answers I've seen, even my own answer, I think Fratmat's yours would be the most likely to actually become a thing. Nothing against the other answers. People had great answers, but Fratmat, yours, I think, is the only one that could potentially become a, not a movie, I guess, but maybe someone, some off-Broadway showing of Reservoir Dogs and Musical. I could see that happen. So thank you for that answer. And then we got an answer from Anthony R. Anthony, thank you for answering. Uh, Just a quick note for you. I will normally just call you by your first name and first initial. If you want to be called something else, let me know. But other people like Frat Matt, Brian Q, Jessica G, I just copy what they say on the Watch Your Mouth podcast. So as for you, sir, I will call you Anthony R until you tell me otherwise. But your answer is Castaway. Tom Hanks dancing and singing. <laughs> I actually didn't fully read the answer before I started to read it. I just went into a cold. Tom Hanks dancing and singing love songs to Wilson. <laughs> that gives me an idea. And then Wilson can sing back, sings um, My Humps by the Black Eyed Peas, or She's Got Big Balls by ACDC, Great Balls of Fire by Jerry Lee Lewis, (laughs) and finally Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus. (laughs) Oh, thank you for that. The potential. I, I don't think I would have seen the potential for all the jokes there if you didn't specify love songs to Wilson. So I thank you for that. So we had the actual somewhat nerdy Twitter account answer the answer the question of the week. And they said, Terrifier all the way. Could you imagine a Terrifier musical? I have a follow-up question. Would this be a comedic uh, musical or would it be serious? Could you even do a serious musical horror or would people go into it just assuming that it'd be a comedy anyway thank you for that answer we have brian q who answered henry portrait of a serial killer god damn it you guys both of you um i think this more than terrifier could be done as a serious as a serious film horrors come equipped with this fantastical nature to it even if it's a plausible horror 
the whole genre just has this feeling about it. So Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, even though the topic could be horror it's a biographical crime drama, of course, starring Mary Poppins himself. A quick note, when I asked Snarf Chris, because I, I do believe it is Snarf Chris who's in charge of the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Twitter, um, about if he thought it would be a serious or a comedic musical, I just wanted to clarify that in the question, I had said fun or funny. And fun doesn't have to be funny. Well, thank you, Snarf Chris and Brian Q for your answers. Let us turn to the Instagrams. We have two answers there. First from Evan S. Uh, Evan actually told me this one in person and then answered the Instagram anyway. And thank you for doing that because I would have texted you just to go, what what did you say again? Because I have a garbage memory. But he answered the question on Instagram and he said, The Dark Knight. And that actually brings up a question that should have been brought up as well for Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. So for both Brian Q and Evan, I'm wondering, in your minds, was this a standard musical like Mamma Mia, Greatest Showman, Hairspray, Grease, movies like that? Or are the songs they sing along to of a specific genre. Here's what I see. I see the Dark Knight in the style of bat metal. And Evan, I know you know what I'm talking about. And for Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, I'm not sure what I think. Maybe some late 60s, early 70s psychedelic rock, maybe? Heck, it doesn't even all have to be psychedelic. Let's get some Mamas and the Papas. Let's get some animals in there. What do you think of that? And for the final answer, we go to Anne. Anne, who answered all the way from Wales. She says 21 and 22 Jump Street. And yes, I'm down. I, I want that right now. I love me some 21 and 22 Jump Street. You all know this. It's it's one of the examples I bring up all the time of modern comedies just because I loved it so much. And I didn't even think I would love it that much. If you remember early on, I, I didn't think it was something that I was even going to like. And now I love it. And I think this one would be kind of a cross-genre to have some classic musical songs in it, but then it would have some genre songs, depending on what group they were hanging out with when they were undercover. The potential for that would be amazing. So thank you, Anne, for that answer. Thank you for taking time out of your day to answer that. All of you, thank you for taking your time out of your busy schedules to answer these questions. Now it's time for my answer, and my answer is kind of coming out of left field, because it's a movie movie I haven't seen in a while, but for some reason it's the first one that came to my mind when I thought about this. And it's the movie from 1995, starring Gina Davis, Matthew Modine, and Frank Langella, and that movie is called Cutthroat Island. Uh, The movie didn't get a lot of love at the time. It didn't get a lot of love now. It's not remembered very well, but I think turning it into a musical would be really cool because a pirate-themed musical, this would be a true, like a true regular Broadway-style musical with the same type of, like, huge musical numbers. And I think that would be really cool. Either that or, oh, oh, how about Aliens? As much as I love Alien, Aliens, I think, would do better as a musical. So we have this militaristic sci-fi-style movie and um, just the um, amazing cast of characters they had, I think would be amazing in this. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the new question of the week that you'll be answering for next week. And this one, I'm I'm not sure how it would do. Maybe I'll get some answers from it. But if you remember, there was this animated film from 1969, and it was replayed a lot. I remember seeing it a lot when I grew up. It was about two minutes long, and it was called Bambi Meets Godzilla. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's really short, and it's about what you'd expect, and it's, and it's funny. So my question is, who would you want to see meet Godzilla? And you can go any way with this. You can have it be badass. You can have it be maybe you want Ultraman to face Godzilla. Maybe you want Superman to face Godzilla or one of the Avengers. You can go maybe I want Hitler to meet Godzilla and just have Godzilla blow his ass up. Maybe you want some action star to meet Godzilla and thinking maybe yet maybe he could take Godzilla down. So who would you like to face Godzilla in a movie? It could be serious. It could be comedic. Whatever you want. Well, let us wrap this up with the housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please, or a like, or whatever it is the app you are using allows. 
Also, share the podcast. Share it with your friends. That is how we grow here on the show. And then how do you reach me if you need to? If you need to answer the question of the week, you can. Contact me via Twitter and Instagram at BilliamSWN. You can leave a comment on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Also leave a comment right here on SoundCloud. You can email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Also, please support us on Patreon. A buck a month, five bucks a month, two bajillion bucks a month. Whatever you would like to give, we will love you eternally. Until you stop donating, then we will remember you fondly. I'm kidding. We will love you. So find a link to that on the Somewhat Nerdy website or in the show notes for this very episode. Also, be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcasts also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. The Watchmouth Podcast, also great friends of the show. Please check out the Somewhat Nerdy website for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, No matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.